welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 481, recorded live on Sunday, October 9th, 2016. And here are your hosts, the man who's got friends over right now, Dave Pillay. Hi. And the man who had friends over yesterday and earlier today, Andy Lowe. Hi. People over, huh? Yep, I had people over, which is why we're recording on Sunday. Nice. I have people over, but we're recording on Sunday. I'm sorry. That's okay. The recording was, was decided first. The other thing was just kind of a, like, hey, you want to come over and do this? Because I don't know when I'm recording. And then we're recording. Sorry. It's all right. They're downstairs beating away. Ooh, the beads. The beads. All the, the beads. beads. <laughs> beads, not bees. Beads. Bee. Like a like the stinging ink set. No, beads. Like beads. the little plastic things. Gotcha. So any interesting designs? Uh, Star Realms is what one is doing, and I don't know what the other one's doing yet. She's actually not here yet. Star so Realms. Star, Star Realms. Uh, don't tell me this. I think I, it's the it's a, it's card, a card game, game right? slash app. Yeah, I think I played this with Brendan up in... Yeah, this is yeah, this is the Magic the Gathering guy. Yeah, Richard Garfield. Um, no, it was uh one of the tour champions designed it. Okay, not the the founder of Magic. No. Okay. Fun fact: I didn't know this. Richard Garfield is actually related to the President Garfield. Really? Yep. Huh. I would not have expected that. Nor would I, which is why I said it was interesting. What so, are your thoughts on digital? I was going to say, what are your thoughts on digital deck builder games? And uh, then I'm like Hearthstone. Yeah. Hearthstone, this game, there's the magic digital version. Oh, they're games? Yeah. Do I, do I need to have a, like, an opinion on them? No, I was just curious. Do you have an opinion on them that you're, you're hoping to share? No. One of those things where it's like, well, it's digital expansions. Expansions are expansions. That doesn't matter. That's Star Realm. Hmm? All right. I'll have to make sure to remember that one for later. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, that, sorry. I had no idea going on over go here. that one. That's Okay. I also went and watched a soccer game this morning. <laughs> I watched a... So my, my friend, John, yes. is a coach. Okay. He is a soccer coach, in fact. Okay. And so I was at his place for dinner last night, and he mentioned all of the stuff that he has to do today, because he actually coaches multiple teams today and has multiple games today. So he's actually going from one team, like, straight to another one. But he mentioned that they were going to be at the soccer field that's really close to where we live. And so I'm like, oh, can we go and just watch? He's like, yeah, sure, come on down. So I went and watched, like three quarters of a youth girls soccer game it was interesting that's about all i have to say about it it's like uh, i watch baseball games yeah which most people think are pretty boring they're boring as shit yet you sat around and watched a girls soccer game well i also had a poker stop (laughs) literally on the chair i was on Oh, it's kind of funny about that because um, Brian was over here. That was our friends who were visiting yesterday and today. Yeah. We were doing a world record-setting wedding vow renewal. Interesting. Yes. 1,201 couples. Were there to renew their vows. Yes. Okay. Um, We were sitting here waiting for this thing to get started because that's a lot. That's over, you know, 2,400 people just standing around waiting to get started. Bri opens up his phone and, you know, checks his Pokemon because we're on Western's campus. And yep. it's like, oh, I'm literally standing on a Pokestop right now. Nice. <laughs> just happened to be, like, right there. Yep, just right in the right spot. And, hey, look, there's a Pokestop. Cool. They're all over the place, man. I know. 
Yeah, the uh, the park downtown where you know I added a bunch of the Poke Stops. Well, you added Ingress Portals. I added yes. Ingress Portals, which turned into Poke Stops. Yeah. Um, they're planning on upgrading the park. Um, okay. And one of the things they're planning on doing is adding Wi-Fi to the park because, and I I shit you not on this, the uh, they held a town council meeting about this. Yeah. And no joke, Pokemon Go players showed up and said, you know, it'd be great if you guys put some free Wi-Fi downtown <laughs> where this park is. Just just that park, yeah. like specifically. I don't really yes. care about anything else in the city, but that no, no. park right that there. That park, yes. No, it'd be great if you guys put some free. This, this is the like magic of local governance and, and getting involved, though, because now there's going to be free Wi-Fi in that park. Which... Remember we talked about the free uh, the free Wi-Fi kiosks in New York City? Yes. And the homeless? Yes. Well, this park is where normally the homeless people of Kalamazoo kind of congregate during the day. Ah. So yes, we're going to get free Wi-Fi down there, and that's great and all. But I wonder if they realize what's going to happen. Well... I'm sure they'll find out. Yep, this should be interesting. They're also planning on, um, what was the, I think there's a fountain in the park there that's supposed to be about, like, the Spanish-American War. Okay. Or it's something about people. Did something happen near Kalamazoo in no, the Spanish? hold on, I'm trying to find That's that. a very far distance from where I, I picture most of that taking place. But then again, maybe not. Hold on, I'm looking up the... Fountain. Fountain of the Pioneers. All right, here we go. Uh, theme and design um, depicts a westward-facing settler facing an Indian in full headdress, um, which was a design element only. The headdress was never actually worn by Indians in this area, who actually stands outside the fountain. So, uh, this, in a 1940 statement prepared for the Kalamazoo Public Library, stated that the scheme of the fountain conveys the advance of the pioneers and the generations that follow, showing the movement westward, culminating in the tower symbol of the pioneer, while the Indian is shown in a posture of noble resistance, yet being absorbed as the white man advances. So, sorry, it wasn't the Spanish-American War. It was okay. us taking over the Indians. So, like, not something that we're actually particularly proud of. No. Okay. <laughs> Before the fountain was even formally dedicated, then City Park Superintendent wrote to the sculptor saying that the public opinion was not generally complimentary. <laughs> so, you know, maybe maybe not celebrate the fact that we kicked a bunch of people out of their own land. Yes, no, because this used to be one of the Indian reservations that we were, we gave to the Indians, you know, when we started settling Michigan. And then we took yeah. that away from them as well. Oops. Yep. That was maybe not the best thing. So, yeah, my apologies. I swear there's something in the park that has to do with the Spanish-American War, and I can't figure that part out. But, no, this fountain is us kicking out the Indians. Okay. So good times on that one. Yeah, they're, they're planning on spending a couple million dollars to fix that up. Woo! I don't even remember how I got on that train of thought. My apologies. Uh, we were talking about Pokemon Go. Ah, yes. Well, speaking of Pokemon Go... I was about to say, yes, Andy, speaking of Pokemon Go... Um... Did you did you have something to say about it? Like maybe the first topic you listed? Yes, this is the first topic that I listed. One of the um, mobile game followers, you know, keep track of game downloads and in-app purchases and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, has uh, put up some new data for okay. Pokemon Go, which according to them, Pokemon Go has, um, has accrued more than 550 million installs and made... 
$470 million in revenue in the first 80 days since launch. That was a while ago, right? So okay. um, the revenue peak was $16 million per day to right now approximately $2 million per day, excluding the 30% fee for App Store purchases. Right. Still. There are still approximately 700,000 new downloads every single day. The, the App Store thing is kind of weird, right? Because this is Niantic, who is spun off from Alphabet? Yes. Okay, so they are not actually owned by Google anymore. No. Okay, because otherwise they're just paying one part of Google with another part of Google. Yes. All right, $2 million a day right now, down from $16 million. That was a lot of money, $16 million. $16 million per day was the peak revenue. Yeah, which but a- that was a while ago, and there was a... I mean, you can see this, and it would be interesting. They've got a nice chart here of, like, here's how many downloads there were per day, and... Uh, there's two things to think about. One is like market saturation. Yes. And that once everyone downloaded it, no one needs to download it anymore. And the other part is where on this, this list are the mistakes that Niantic made? Well, did something happen around I don't remember third. Happened, but remember there was like the, uh, the step counter, right? We talked about that. Well, that let's, Niantic broke the game. Let's look for... Pokemon. When did they shut down the other websites, the third-party sites? Yeah, I'm going to look for, starting on August 1st through August 6th, I'm going to search for Pokemon Go. Uh, Pokemon Go UI redesign. A new bug affecting throw accuracy. Oh, August 1st, Pokemon Go fans are furious at Niantic Labs. For? I'm not sure, but it's August 1st. Okay, because that's like right at the start of the downward trend. And by downward trend, I mean in five days, they dropped like uh, uh, millions of downloads a day. Here's the skinny on the update. It adds the ability to customize your trainer avatar. It completely dumps the ability to track Pokemon. Here we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and go look at that on the graph. August 3rd. It removes the battery saver function, and it kills services like PokeVision. Yep. As soon as PokeVision went away. Boom. Look at what happened. (laughs) Just look at that. They they changed the nearby feaster to make it basically not good, and they removed PokeVision, and there that was the start of the end, it seems. And it went from $16 million a day to $2 million a day. Yep. $10 million. Really, it's $14 million, but we'll, just, we'll call it, because it wasn't at the peak no. at that time. So we'll, let's call it $10 million a day. Yes. Because they killed PokeVision. Well, not, I feel like this is more correlation than causation. Do you? Do you really think that? this is just correlation when you look at this chart and you see like it's up and then down and then up and then way the fuck down and then it stays down do you really think that's just a correlation i feel like it it, it, okay i will give you that it probably could be a major factor i mean it's not the solo cause no i'll grant you that yeah no that was not you know but like that update and killing pokevision really messed them up and we called it we talked about it back then said like this is gonna piss people off so they they also asked people like why they liked playing pokemon go yeah 31 percent the top answer was it was easy to pick up and play yeah second was also been saying that about mobile games for a long time if you listen to any of our reviews it's like oh yeah it's great because i can play it for like five minutes and then i'm done yes uh 25 percent for the ability to roam and explore and 20 percent for his competitiveness now was this what is your top reason because we've talked about the problem with that kind of poll I'm not sure. I would have to actually hunt down what their question was for that. Okay. I think it was just the most enjoyed aspects of the game. 
They also compared it to Dota 2 and to Candy Crush Saga. Well, that was saying, like, how many people who play Dota 2 play Pokemon Go? Share of players per franchise. So they looked at 99 franchises and said, do you play this other game as well? Uh Dota 2 is the highest. Candy Crush is the lowest. Gotcha. So what's the takeaway of all this? Well, (laughs) it's still making $2 million a day, first and foremost. Yep. There are still approximately 700,000 new downloads every single day. Yep. Um, Although I wonder how much of that is is just... um, maintenance like as people get new phones as people replace the app or update the app like how much of that is just the baseline maintaining where you're at that is an excellent question i somehow doubt that they're still getting seven hundred thousand new players a day true and then later we'll still have to check because this is just you know well there are people still playing money paying money for this but whales are what keep a game going yeah the people who drop like two hundred dollars on it yes I believe that the correct Pokemon, by the way, is a whale lord. <laughs> it's actually a Pokemon. I don't doubt it. I actually think there were some people playing Pokemon when I was out running earlier today as well. W-A-I-L-O-R-D. I was going to stop and talk to them about it, but yeah. um, I didn't want to be that creepy guy. Because mm. it was a bunch of teenage girls walking oh, dogs. Little, little, little kind of creepy there. Yeah, so I just yep. kept running. Okay. <laughs> I literally ran away from them. <laughs> A Sharpedo. What? I don't recognize many of these at this point. How many total Pokemon are there now? 750. Holy guacamole. Yeah, I got the original 150, or I used to have the original 150. Uh, Bulbapedia. Pokemon. List of Pokemon by region number. Um... There are 721 up to Generation 6, but Generation 7 comes out next month. Oh, geez. So Brace yourselves, Pokemon are coming. Yeah, it's going to add another probably like 60. That's just crazy. Yeah, I'll probably buy the game. <laughs> Laura and I play it. It's cute. It's fun. It's a good game. Shut up! I didn't say anything. It's you, Hey, you do you. That's... That's my mantra now is, hey, you do you. Really? That is my mantra now, yes. Okay. Why? Just, it, it's a dangerous thing to say. Yes, because I know that could be almost close to a YOLO sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. But you know what, Andy? What? You do you. So speaking of cell phones. <laughs> yes, just going to leave that one there. Yeah, speaking um, of cell phones. <laughs> Samsung's still having problems. Oh, God. Oh, the Note 7. All oh, the explosions and the pain. And thank God I didn't get the Note 7. <laughs> Every single time I hear one of these stories, I'm like, I'm so glad David didn't get that 7. I'm so glad I didn't get the Note 7. Uh, more Note 7s are exploding, except they aren't the original Note 7s. No, these are the replacements. They're the replacements. Oh, my God. This is Samsung made the phone too good, right? Like that's the spin. Like, well, we 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 might have just crammed a little too much power into these phones. <laughs> that's what Donald Trump would say about these Samsung phones. It was too, too power, too too powerful, they're too good. They're just they're too good. Yeah. Um, Samsung made a slight miscalculation somewhere along the way, so their phones are exploding again. Yeah, no, I I love that. There's literally a replacement flown phone that exploded. It exploded during a Southwest Airlines flight. Yeah. So the flight had to be, you know. So at this point, AT&T has stopped sales of the Note 7. Oh, geez. 
pending investigation and is encouraging like, oh, Samsung, what did you do? This is not good for the company. It is going to take them a long time to come out of this. Or until the 8 comes out. Which will explode? Like, I'm nervous about the Galaxy 8. I'm I'm not, because we're still not going to hear anything about it until, what, February? Yes. The World Mobile Conference or whatever it's called? Right, they reveal in February and sell them in April. Yeah. So they know for a fact that everybody is going to be putting a microscope on the 8. Yeah. Going. But Andy, the, the, the replacements are catching fire. Yes, I know, which I feel like... The you no- don't think they put these under a microscope? <laughs> you would... You don't think they're like, oh no. shit, no, they're no, catching no, 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 fire. No, no, no. no, no, no. Ah, let's this, just send out another batch. This right now is Samsung trying to fix a lemon. Whatever they did with the Note 7, granted, most of the Note 8 production is probably already pretty much set. Right. But the the Note 7, it was a, it's a lemon, and they're, they're trying to save face on this one. But I feel like the 8 is still far enough away. Cause I think I, like, I like to consider myself a reasonable human being. I am concerned about the the Galaxy 8. We're still four months away, even from them announcing. And I am still concerned. And that's, I'm consciously concerned about it. Can you imagine how many people are, like, subconsciously concerned? Oh, it's not even, it's five months. Five months before the World Congress shows up. Okay. Five, Samsung has five months to figure out what the heck is wrong with the 7. Yeah. And fix it with the and next one. And are you going to trust them that they fixed it? Yes. Because people trusted that they fixed it already. <laughs> Which I'm saying right now, th- th- there's a difference between preemptive fixing and trying to fix it with like duct tape, quote unquote. They have they have five months now before anything is said about the eight. Five months to put this thing through the ringer because they know that. Right. And I understand that. I get that. I know what you're saying. But you still think it's going to be problems. I still think I'd be hesitant to pick up an eight at release. Here's the other thing why I'm also kind of excited about the 8 is because Samsung, you know, is trying to save face. You think it's going to be cheaper? It's probably, well, that or they're going to have some really nice combo deals in order to get people to buy the 8. It That's possible. They might need to do that because otherwise people aren't going to buy it. Because I'm sitting here looking at my 5 going, this thing is starting to fade. To fade. Yeah. I've gotten so many times now where they're like, we're running out of space. I'm getting random lockups. There's just... Planned obsolescence. It's not... Well, maybe. Who knows? But it's been, shit, what, over two years now since I've had this one? Yeah. So... But that's that that right there, that, like, the idea of replacing a phone every two years, that's a totally made-up thing. Yes, I know. Right? Phones should last longer than that. Which my 4 did. Mm-hmm. My 4 lasted pretty long. Kate's, My old Motorola flip phone lasted yeah. for like six years. Kate's uh, QWERTY one. I forgot which one that was. The Galaxy, the Galaxy Relay. That one lasted way long. Yeah, thing was that thing was a tank, and it had the QWERTY keyboard too. Kate misses it. She says it's a relic of the past. I know, but it was so nice to have an actual physical keyboard. Yeah, relic of the past. Mm-hmm. Especially since now I try to do the voice to text. And my stupid phone can't understand me. When you say especially. Things like that, yes, as well. Uh, it's just thinks, Google's hidden agenda. My phone somehow thinks when I say our, I mean her. I saw that one. That was a little weird. Yeah, I know. And I'm sitting there going like, no, you bastard. 
stupid phone trying to make things easy for me. How dare it try to make things easy for you, Andy? <sighs> All right. <laughs> so there's still problems. Yep, there are still problems. Um, well, then. So we'll yeah. see what happens with Samsung. I, I think they're going to hurt. I think you're right. I think there's going to be some pretty combo, pretty good combo deals. Yeah, no, that's what I'm Which thinking. It sucks as well. for me because, like, I got the S7 after the deals were done because I waited because I wanted to see what the note was like. <laughs> and I wanted to wait for my two years. And goddamn. So, like, I missed out on, you know, get the free VR headset or get this or get that. Like, I got jack shit. I got a phone. Yeah, just so we know, the um, the hundred dollar gift card we got from Samsung instead of getting the VR headset. Yeah, Kate got a pretty nice quick wireless charger and a battery backup. Cool. Which the battery backup was hilarious because it's you know just don't know how big you know the battery backup is, but it's not. It's pretty small, and they shipped it in a box that I swear was a cubic foot. Yeah. And you're like, well, this was a waste of stuff. Speaking of packages... Hey, Kate, I think there's a package on our front porch. Sorry. Okay. I just remembered it. I'm a pop... I'm sorry. <laughs> Andy. Moving on, maybe. No. No, I'm sorry. Seeing who the package is from. <laughs> we got a box that we didn't order? Addressed to Andy and Kate. Oh. Huh. Well, that's a mystery. So, what else we got here? <laughs> phone-wise. Phone-wise. Um, Phone-wise. Not Yahoo. Yahoo. Verizon. Okay, that's a phone company. Yes, Verizon is a phone company. <laughs> what is Verizon doing? And God damn it, Andy. Sorry. Um, Verizon uh, right now has told its field technicians in Pennsylvania nice. uh, that they can be fired if they try to fix broken copper phone lines. So your regular landlines... They could be fired if they try to fix them. Instead, they must try to replace your copper lines with a device that connects to Verizon's wireless cell phone network. So instead of fixing the copper lines, they just install a port that connects to the cell network. Yes, the wireless home phone service called VoiceLink. But I, I want my copper line. Yes, especially, you know, if you have a security alarm, a fax machine, certain power pacemakers. Outage. Yeah, power outage also true. Like, I don't, I don't want the wireless. I want the wired. So yeah, no, they're they're saying you know they they you know, oh your copper line is broken. All right, we'll just put this box in here and that'll be good. And they will fire the employee for actually fixing the copper line. Yes. I wonder if there's something else going on there. Well, because yeah, you know, replacing old phone lines with wireless is part of the long-term nationwide transition from the public switched telephone network, which is your copper-based stuff, to IP-based voice services. Okay. For, you know, fiber lines and such. But why is the country moving like that? Is that actually the country's goal or Verizon's goal? That's pretty much Verizon's goal because IP-based stuff is a lot... Um, cheaper? Cheaper, and they can handle the packets a lot better. Okay. Same thing is happening, it's been happening years with the ISDN lines. Oh, ISDN lines. I'm not even going to ask. Bane of my existence, I'm not even going to go there. But they've Good. been... They've just I'm been, not asking, you're not going. They, they've just been turning those things off. They People are, you know, saying like, well, I'm paying this amount a month for an ISDN line, which is normally in the... $700 to $800 range per month in order to get this line up there. Yeah. Verizon, AT&T. 
most of the other like local carriers have said, look, we'll keep the ISDN lines up and running, but as soon as you move, we're turning off the ISDN line and we're not giving you another one. I, I thought we weren't going to talk about ISDNs. Yes, but I'm saying that the, the telecom companies are just moving everything off of copper. Everything. Okay. Right. And so this is just Verizon saying we're moving off of copper. Yes. Okay. Which um, Ars Technica contacted Verizon asking them, like, hey, what's your response to this? Their response is, our first responsibility to a customer out of service is to restore service as quickly as possible. Um, We have a device that can restore service immediately for a specific set of customers. I think it's hard to argue with disciplining someone who intentionally is a customer without service. So it's a bait and switch? Well, they're saying it's like, look, we're going to do this. Because this is the quickest way to restore service. Right, but that's what they're claiming. It's yes. really a, a bait and switch. It's like, well, we can give you the old copper line back, but this will just get you your stuff faster. Yes, that is. Um, Verizon said it doesn't need FCC approval for moving copper customers to wireless because the FCC rules apply to the retirement of copper, not the restoration of an individual customer's service. Bastards. Yeah, so there's, they're, they're, they're saying that this is, you know, this is for the customer because this will be the quickest way for them to restore service. I mean, if it, the, the thing that gets me is the disciplining of the employees, right? If they gave the option to the customer and the customer said, no, we want our copper line back. We're willing to wait for like a day or two for service, then give them the copper line. If they say, oh, yeah, no, that's going to be faster and easier all around. And like, maybe you'll give us a discount, then Flip over to the the box, the IP. Um, okay, yeah, okay. So you know, if okay, if the serving wire from the pole to the house is cut or has a tree interfering with it, so going from the telephone pole to your house, we'll yeah. tell our technicians to address the situation. But in cases where the trouble proves to be in the copper cable requiring another truck roll, so somebody else to actually you know run another wire. Yep. down the telephone pole lines. It makes sense to restore service to the customer immediately. The techs can do this with voice link. The goal here is to restore service as quickly as possible to our... They really are nailing that quickly as possible to our customer. Which is... is If that is actually their goal and their reason, that's... I'd have much less of a problem with that. But, uh, yeah, this... Okay, it wouldn't be it's bad... It's fishy. It's it really be, fishy. It wouldn't be bad if they put give you voice link and say, look, this will get you your phone line. We're going to roll another truck out to replace the copper lines. Once that's done, we're going to take voice line back or voice link or whatever it is. Yeah. But I have a feeling this is more of a permanent temporary replacement. Right. But at the same time, like what would what would you do, Andy? Let's take this as an example. Okay. You are a homeowner. Yes. You have dial up. Yes. Through a second line. Yes. The line breaks. Yes. Your ISP comes out and says, oh, man, that really, really sucks. Look, we can reinstall that line. We absolutely can do that. It'll take us a couple days. Or we can use this as an opportunity to upgrade the line, and now you have a cable. <laughs> what would you do? Oh, they, if they put it on the upgrade, quote unquote, it'd be like... It's, it, it is. Let's be honest. Yes, it is. Copper has its advantages. Copper has... This is an upgrade. Yes, this is switching from the, the switching telephone network to IP-based it's, stuff. It's switching from a technology from like 1912 to 2016. Just trying to see all sides here, play the devil's advocate. Yeah. That now, is, oh. if there's a price increase along with it, if there's a loss in quality along with it without a price decline, 
that, that's what my question would be. If they came to me and said, we're going to upgrade your line, my questions would be, is there going to be an increase in price? Is there going to be or a modification to my order. service? I.e., if right. I had a, an alarm system or a fax system and they said those aren't going to work anymore, I'm going to say, thanks, but no thanks. Get me my copper line back. Right, but we don't know that information. No. We don't have those details. We yeah. don't know the system that well. But before we, we really ride off on our high horses, we do need to consider both sides of this. Yes. But it's Verizon. It's, I love how our first thoughts were. Those bastards. Yeah. Yeah. But does it have to be that thought? Like, is that the proper way to a- approach this? Or is that the, like, highly politicized, uh, kind of modern style of reporting, which is not what we're here for? In my mind, think- with the telecom companies, it's always been those bastards because they have always looked out for themselves first. Right. And Historically, they, they screw us. Yes. I, I grant you that. But in this day and age, uh, particularly with everything that's been happening in this country in the last year, I, I see it as a civic duty to promote meaningful, thoughtful discourse. They're still bastards, though. <laughs> All right. (laughs) But this time Verizon's actually on the the positive end of something because we all remember that Verizon was trying to buy Yahoo, right? Yes. For $4.8 billion. Billion dollars. Oh, my God. So much money. Well, after – And Yahoo had a a small security issue lately. You know, where uh, usernames and passwords for 500 million accounts were stolen. Yeah, just just a few. Yeah, so – they revealed that a couple of weeks ago. Well, er, uh, earlier in the week, they actually said that uh, it, it was – Yahoo didn't say this, but people had reported that they, Yahoo had been ordered by secret foreign intelligence surveillance court to scan emails for terrorist signatures. What the hell is a terrorist signature on an email? Um, basically, that means the uh, – They don't mean like actual signatures, right? Like from – I'm a terrorist. They mean like markers. Yeah. Yahoo secretly built a custom software program to search all of its customers' incoming emails for specific information provided by U.S. intelligence officials, basically in real time. Oh, my God. Invasion of privacy, anyone? Yeah. They were searching every single email that was coming in for whatever keywords the NSA or CIA or FBI or whoever wanted them to search for. Okay. And they were doing it on the fly. Did this catch anyone? Uh, nobody really I mean, knows. This is, well, this is the equivalent of going to a, a phone company and saying, we want to tap your lines. Yes, but tap all the lines and we're just going to, you know. Tap all the lines and listen to every conversation. Looking for the keyword of bomb or terrorist or something. Plot. Blow up. I, I somehow don't think most terrorists use the word terrorist or plot <laughs> or blow up. True. <laughs> like... Call me, call me crazy. Pretty sure they don't use those words. So yeah, so there's the uh, there's the massive hack from two years ago that we just found out about. Yep. Now there's this super secret spying program, which Yahoo waited 24 hours before responding, issuing a statement about. Their statement is this. The article is misleading. We narrowly interpret every government request for user data to minimize disclosure. The mail scanning described in the article does not exist on our systems. Okay. 20 hours before... Does not exist on our systems. Yes. Does not say does not exist. Yes, it does not exist on our systems. They didn't say it didn't exist on our systems. They didn't say that the article is false. They just say the article is misleading. Yep. 
Makes you wonder how many other mail carriers were doing the same thing, though. So that's having all... a uh, a personal email service is looking pretty good right now. Yeah. So Yahoo's going through some troubles. So Verizon literally said, um, "Yeah, we're going to lower our bid to buy Holy Yahoo." Shit! Really? By a billion dollars? Oh my god! So yeah, so can they do that? Verizon said, "Hey, we're willing to buy you. We're gonna, you know, all this bad news, all this problems is um, wants one billion discount. Yeah, yeah. Verizon wants a billion dollars. Your value, we don't want to pay as much. Okay, then Yahoo shares closed down three cents. I mean, three cents out of forty three sixty eight is not a whole lot. And according to most of the." uh, the shareholders who are, you know, because these are publicly traded companies. Yeah. Most of the shareholders are like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Most of the shareholders on which side? I think on Verizon's side are like, yep, no, that's, that's, yeah. Let's, let's not buy, uh, let's not pay as much for this. Yeah. This is kind of tainted. <laughs> It'd be amazing if this was all some sort of grand scheme by someone to lower the sale price of Yahoo. Like they're just targeting Yahoo with all this to get the price down for Verizon. Okay, uh, quirky news. All right. Spider silk. Okay. Very strong material, right? Yes. Supposedly Spider stronger silk. than steel. Uh, tensile strength. Okay. And, I mean, it, it, it is. It is a very strong material. Um, and it, it fits into this really nice area where there's two measurements of, like, strength. Yes. Right? There's how much force. If you, if you pull it apart, if you take one end and just start pulling, how much can it deform before it breaks. And then the other one is, is like, how much can you bend it and how much can you uh, tear it sideways before it breaks? And spider silk is just really good on all fronts. It can take a hit and it can stretch. That's great. Yes. Uh, silkworm silk, not quite spider silk, but same idea, same concept. Some researchers decided to try something. They figure the silk comes from the body of the worm. And so what happens if you feed the worm different things? Ah. And so they started feeding these worms uh, originally with nanoparticles of titanium dioxide. <laughs> like you just spray it on a leaf, right? You give the leaf to a worm, but you spray the leaf with particles of titanium. Okay. And so the worm ingests it, and it becomes part of the worm's body. And when the worm excretes silk, some of the particles end up in the silk. And so this made the silk uh, resistant to ultraviolet degradation, so it made it a stronger silk. Then they said, well, if that works, let's try it with nanotubes. And so they started feeding the worms with carbon nanotubes, which made it into the silk. So there's now essentially like graphene-based silkworm silk. Carbon reinforced silk. Oh, that's that's wow. It it is much stronger. It can take fifty percent more stress before it breaks. And if you heat it, it becomes conductive. Oh my gosh! Like, that's amazing. <laughs> that is oh. So what else could you feed it? Like what else could you put into silk? I I don't know. Maybe you could add a material that's conductive at lower temperatures, and all of a sudden they, like, spin electric wiring. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, that is. Like, huh, what happens if we feed this to a worm? It's not really a worm. It's just, well, I guess it's a worm. Do you know what this reminds me of? It's a silkworm. Yeah. The article we talked about years ago where the guys were trying to find some new, like... Right, the the material scientists. Yeah, who decided to use, like, tequila. I think material scientists are just like, man, what if we tried this? Because <laughs> like, it, was, it was a bunch of drunk ones. And yeah. they like, what happens if we put booze into the mix? 
Oh, hey, shit, we just discovered a whole new material that's way stronger. Yeah, material scientists are just fucking nuts. Yeah, that's funny. What what happens if we feed this to a silkworm? I wonder if you could dye the silk. If you fed the silkworm things that were already colored, could you could you have it spin dyed silk? I I don't know. What I need to do, Dave, then is, you know. <laughs> go get a silkworm. Yeah, go get a silkworm and then just, you know. Get colored nanoparticles and feed the worm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should be easy to do, right? I'll, I'll get right on that. Yeah. You got it. Uh, what else we got? Facebook, free basics. Yes. So basically laughing in the face of net neutrality, Facebook has been in talks with U.S. government officials and wireless carriers to try and roll out free basics here in the United States. Why is that laughing in the face of net neutrality? Because the U.S. version of free basics would target low-income and rural Americans who cannot afford reliable high-speed internet at home or on smartphones. The app does not directly pay for users' mobile data. Rather, it allows users to stretch their data plans by offering, in partnership with wireless carriers, free internet access to resources such as online news, health information, and job leads. So, Facebook would work out with third-party companies and themselves a partnership with wireless carriers to offer certain websites basically for free. Hmm. The the idea behind this is called zero rating, where, you know, you basically, if I had my cell phone, heck, T-Mobile does this with, you know, I, I can get certain, certain music streaming sites basically for free on my phone because they won't be, I won't be charged data for them. Right. Which, you know, is completely against the idea of net neutrality of all data is equal. Right. I, ah, uh... Bad Facebook. Yes, Bad. no, this... Um, I like the idea of, of free internet. That's great. Thank you. But it's not bad Facebook. Yeah, this is not free internet. This is free selective sites. Yeah. Which, if Comcast did this, we'd be like, God damn it, Comcast really again. Or if T-Mobile did it. Or if T-Mobile did it, yes. No, this is, this is not a free internet. This is plain favorites. Yeah. Which, just so you know, they tried to roll this out in India... And back in um, February, Indian regulators banned the Facebook network from offering free basics in India. Okay. You want another, like, slap your forehead in the face of humanity? Sure. Uh, So I I told you that I have a, uh, you were with me about three weeks ago, I created a Google alert for the words smart fridge. (laughs) Okay. Go refresh the topics, Andy. Did you just get a Google alert for the word smart fridge? I, I got my weekly digest email. <laughs> oh. Someone at a Home Depot yes. decided to have a little fun with the smart fridge that was there. Just like certain people in New York. Somebody took one of the smart fridges in Home Depot and connected it to Pornhub. Yep. Oh, <laughs> Pornhub on a fridge. Oh goodness. Yep. I I don't know what else to say about that. Like there's a picture of a fridge with porn on it. Okay, here we go. So somebody quoted in in the comments here. From experience, the fridge will allow any person who walks up to to connect to any Wi-Fi network, including a phone hotspot. Home Depot's connection probably was most likely not used. And yes, this goes for the demo models as well. Samsung originally had them fixed to just play a slideshow. 
They're just Android set-top boxes with a pretty nice LCD hooked up to them, but mm-hmm. reflashed them to actually be functional as they would be in-home. It's, just, it's amusing, right? Oh, like God, you could, really? It's a big screen, too. I yes. saw one of these at Home Depot locally. Oh, yeah, no, I saw one and of these I walked past well. it, I'm like, damn, that's huge. I didn't stop to actually look at what the software would be or, you know, does it do my shopping list or anything like that. Well, if you have a web-based shopping list, this fridge could probably handle it. Yep. But really, it's... <sighs> Porn on a fridge. Porn on a fridge. That's ridiculous. That's that's now a thing. Yep. Uh, speaking of security and hacking, BuzzFeed got hacked. BuzzFeed got hacked. BuzzFeed got hacked, sort of. Sort of. Uh, <laughs> they, they got retaliated against. So they published an article attributing a hack to an organization called Our Mine. And so Our Mine... <laughs> Uh, replied by taking control of BuzzFeed's front page. Oh. And, like, posting fake articles and posting other articles that said, like, hey, don't mess with us. We have access to your system. And the next time you mess with us, we're going to just destroy your database. Oh. So, oops. (laughs) Whoopsies. Yeah, uh, there was a new Super Mario speedrun record. Really? One frame. One frame? It, not the record. He beat the old record by one frame. New speedrun is in 4 minutes, 57 seconds, point one nine four milliseconds. Oh my. And he beats the previous score by 50 milliseconds. Huh. <laughs> wow. That's... Yeah. wonder how much time was spent just to get that one frame. One extra frame? Yeah. One less the, frame, well, yeah. But that's the thing is like at this point, it, it's unless some other new skip is found, like this is just it's it's perfecting the execution of the run. Yeah, no, we we the computer, the task bot, right? The tool assisted speed run is like twenty frames shorter than this. Oh jeez. So there is not much more room no. to, to improve on this. That's nuts. Yeah. This is as near a perfect run as we are likely to see for some time. So do you want some other interesting news that I just saw? Uh Uh-oh. More on-the-fly news. Yes. What's up? Tesla has dropped one of their cars. Dropped from where? From selling. What car? The Model X 60D version. Oh, the super ultra ridiculous power one? No, no, this was the entry-level version. Are you sure? I think so. The 60D was the one that goes from like 0 to 60 in no time at all. Model. That was their that was their ultra powered one. Hold on, there's got to be a Wikipedia article. Yes, probably. About this. Tesla cars, here we go. Tesla prices, what do we got here? Zero vehicles found. You're not a helpful website. <laughs> So it's not the Model S, it's the Model X, which is their SUV-looking one. And the 60D model of that is now not getting sold anymore. If you wanted... Okay, this is the $75,000. I love that they call it the entry level. Yes. When it's $75,000. The the P version is the one that's the bat out of hell. Okay. The regular version used to... So why are they killing the X60D? Uh, nobody knows. Okay. Toyota's uh, kind of going after them, though. Really? I actually posted a topic about this. Really? A car-based topic. Crazy! The new 2017 Prius. Yes. Called the Prius Prime. (laughs) Is still a hybrid. Okay. It'll go 25 miles on full electric, and then the engine kicks in. 
Okay. Um, has a full range between gas and electric of about 640 miles. Is absolutely targeted towards people who are thinking about a Tesla but can't afford a Tesla. That is a big LCD screen. Yeah, which is what they have in Teslas. Yep. It is absolutely like from the looks to the design to the mileage to everything to the giant ass LCD screen. It's designed to make you think of a Tesla. Huh. <laughs> That's kind of funny that Tesla just announced that because, you know, or Toyota just announced that because Tesla is going to be doing a big announcement on the 17th of this month. Yeah. So do you think? Soon. In a week. Yeah. What's Tesla going to announce? Well, uh. We've come to an agreement with the state of Michigan. <laughs> That's Good not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, people are thinking that it might be the finished Model 3 design. Model 3 is the, like, consumer level? Yes. That would be neat. What's the status on those uh, Tesla house batteries? Did those ever get actually put into production? The the power cells? Yeah. Yeah, I do believe so. Power wall. Power wall, you're right. The Tesla home battery, the power wall. Reserve yours. How far away? What's the wait list on these guys right now? Probably a very long time. I'd be very curious to find out, like, if I... Because electricity costs different amounts at different times of day. Yes. So I wonder what the difference is. And if I were to get the power wall, how much I could save by purchasing the electricity at the lower cost and then using it during the day. I don't know. So I'd have to, like, actually dig into all of that. Yes. Become a certified power wall installer yes i saw that as well probably have to be like an electrician most likely yes you're gonna have to be certified as a, as an electrician as a, yes as a home electrician yes that is just, just maybe yeah you think yes okay all right what else we got what else do we got uh comcast is rolling out their data cap of one terabyte so regardless of so your speed that's a big amount yes regardless of your speed that you pay for starting november 1st there is going to be a terabyte internet data usage plan so currently it has been active in 16 states but starting november 1st they're just going to start rolling it out to everybody I mean, a terabyte is a lot. Yes, a terabyte is a lot of data. Like, I don't think I'm near that amount of... Like, I, uh, let me actually see. Do I have those logs, maybe, in my router? Yeah, I'm looking sure. at my gateway right now to see if I've got it. Network devices, Wi-Fi. No, I don't want to restart that. No, I don't want to restart my gateway logs. Yeah, but you have to have them turned on, and I haven't had them on. And it doesn't tell me, yeah, even if I enable the log, I don't think it's going to tell me the bandwidth, the throughput. Do I have to go to my ATT to actually find this out? Really? You're not going to tell me on my actual device? And one of us <laughs> killed our internet. <laughs> By by trying to actually look up our internet, one of us killed our internet. Not sure which one. I'm pretty sure it was me. Oh. Because, like, when I tried to load a web page, it said, connection reset, what? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Andy disappears. What? And then, yeah. Uh, support videos, your devices. I have the cable modem because, okay. Yeah, I get, I get that that's the front and the rear of the cable modem. That's not what I'm looking for. Okay, we are halfway through our billing cycle. And so far, I've used 67 gigabytes. It's a fair amount. That's I from don't September twenty fourth to present. Um, August twenty fourth to September twenty fourth, I have used a hundred and eight gigabytes. So you're a tenth of the way there. I'm a tenth of the way there. I need to really get my Netflix on, is what I'm hearing. Or just start torrenting. 
Yes. Like lots of torrenting. But one of those I can do legally. The other you can, one. You can do lots of torrenting legally. You just yeah, have to be is, careful about what you torrent. Yes. Find the torrenting biggest. Torrenting itself is not necessarily illegal. Yes. No, I need to find the biggest Linux distro that I can find <laughs> and just upload the bejesus out of it. Or purchase yourself like some offsite storage and upload all of your music to it. Yeah. Use, upload all my music and do that as a daily backup. Yeah. I could do that. Granted, right now, I actually do have unlimited data through AT&T uh, because I have uh, DirecTV with them. Mm-hmm. So I don't actually have a data cap, which is nice. So um, should so, we... Are, think we, we were, are we about I, done? Yeah, well, I think so. I think we're... Uh, okay. Well, I can't find out the... Yeah, yeah, we're pretty much there. Uh, one, one other thing. Uh, Heroes of the Storm. Yes. Is adding a brawl. A what? So in the same way that uh, Hearthstone has the tavern brawl. Yes. Heroes of the Storm is going to have a brawl. Really? Yeah. A weekly mode that changes and has special twists and custom rules. Oh, jeez. Including uh, one of the first ones that was announced is Hammer Time. <laughs> All players will be playing Sergeant Hammer with thrusters permanently engaged. Oh my gosh, that's going to be chaos. Right, like that sounds amazing and I might start playing this game again. That's that's just going to be chaos, pure chaos. October 17th, all right. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Maybe we'll start playing again. Yeah? Um, sure. So last little bit there, Google announced a new phone. Oh, you, we should probably have talked a lot more about that. <laughs> the Pixel? Well, because it, it was a whole, like, Google event. Yes. And, like, it has some pretty significant implications. Yes. Yes, it does. Because the, the theme of the event was made by Google. So these are all for Google by Google? This is Google is, like, trying to get into uh, the hardware business. Gotcha. Like, hardcore, they want to get into hardware. Oh, both sites will be Verizon exclusives. Well, there goes me trying to get one. For now. True. There was the Google Home. Oh, this is the Google version of Amazon Echo? Yep. They, uh, it's, it's bringing in the new Google Assistant, which gotcha. was another thing that they, they kind of brought up. This was the Assistant that's in the new um, 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 chat app, Allo. Ah. So that Assistant is going to be what's going into the Google Home, which will then connect to all your Google devices. Also connecting to things like Chromecast, and uh, that was kind of it. There's a new VR platform that Google's working on called Daydream. Huh. Uh, there's a new Chromecast, the Chromecast Ultra. It is twice as expensive as a normal Chromecast. Chromecast Ultra bring 4K streaming. Yeah. And, and then, HDR content. Okay. And Google has their little router. Ah, yes. The uh, Google Wi-Fi thing. Yeah. Well, it'd be nice to actually, you know, have set up a mesh network just without just plugging the thing in. Yeah. I'm... I, I like the idea of keeping my network separate from an organization that wants to know everything. True. Huh. But yeah, Google so it's, has it's it's a mesh network, new- which I we don't need in our house. Our one router works fine. Yeah. It's a Chromecast that's twice as expensive as our current Chromecast. And, but does HD uh, 4K. Which we don't have a 4K TV, so that would be pointless. Yeah. New phones that are only available on Verizon for now. Which is pointless for me. And then a VR headset, which we've already gone over me in VR. Yeah. So. Not a whole lot for you. No. There's the Amazon Google or the, the Google Home. That's the only thing that I can think of that would be. But you, you have the Echo. We have the Echo. Yeah. We have the Echo already. So you have Alexa. Not going to do it this time. Not not going to do what? I'm not going to say her name. Oh, OK. I've learned you, my lesson. You don't need to say her name. It's all yep, right. Yep. 
So yeah, so that was the Google event. Literally in a nutshell. It's just pretty dang quick. So should we hit the randoms? Sure. What do we got? Uh, it's my turn for a random review. I am going to review the Carcassonne app. Okay. <laughs> Evidently it gets a good review from Kate. Yes. So the uh, Carcassonne app, um, I originally actually got it as a free app through the uh, Amazon App Store as their like free app of the day. Mm-hmm. But you can now get it through uh, Google Play and iOS. I do believe the price is currently $5. Let me double check that. Well, that's the Amazon, or that's the iOS version. Android version, yes, $5. Which, in case you're wondering, um, yeah, $5 on Amazon as well. So... I, oh. iOS. So five bucks. Five bucks. All right. And? It's Carcassonne. So you have all the tiles and you have your meeples and everything. Yeah. Is, is there like alternate rule sets? Is there? Um, you can get some of the uh, expansions. Do they cost? Ooh. The iOS version is worth, it's actually $10. Ooh. Ooh. I don't like that. <laughs> That said, Carcassonne itself is like $45. Yes. And this is easy to take with you. How's multiplayer work? Is it share a screen? Is it... Uh, there are two. Everyone there's, has there's their own? There's a local own? multiplayer and there is a online multiplayer. If I have a tablet, can I have that be the board and then my phone is the hand? There is no hands in Carcassonne. That's true. Can I have the tablet be the board and everyone else has their own phone so we can all see the board? Nope, it's it's a it's a pass and play for the local multiplayer. Lame. Well, you know, if you're in the car or something that could, you could just pass the thing around. But if you're sitting it's at a table my turn for me. If you're sitting at a table, wouldn't you just you know, well granted you'd actually have to have the actual physical carcassonne. I, I just go in the basement and grab carcassonne. Yeah. Um the AI is a little on the dumb side sometimes. Yeah. So it's sometimes you're like, why am I, you know? Yeah. You, they, they play a tile and they put their guy down. And you're like, why did you, why did you do that? Why didn't you take that city? It's like you, you could have, you know, gotten 20 points right there with that. But no, you decided to try and go for the lawn. I don't get it. It's yeah. So it's, it's the classic AI of, I guess trying to brute force their way through the game and it just doesn't seem to work sometimes. So, but no, it's design is great. The tutorial levels are pretty good. If you've never played before, like myself, does the tutorial help teach you strategy a little bit? Most of it is just the, uh, this is, you know, this is what these tiles do and this is what these tiles do. And you know, it's, it, it well, it's Carcassonne. So it, the, yep. Yep. Carcassonne. Carcassonne, right. five dollars on Amazon and Google. That's no problem. Ten bucks on iOS. I'm not sure that this is a ten dollar game for your phone. But you can also, yes, you can. They're in app purchases for the. But again, like uh, Carcassonne itself is pretty expensive. Yes. So if you want to try it out, rather than paying the forty five dollars or whatever it is for the actual board game, five dollars or ten dollars on your phone, not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like uh, Traders and Builders expansion is two dollars uh the river is actually free um you can actually buy the double base tile set for a dollar twice as many tiles those games are gonna go on forever crop circles is it yeah they've got expansions here for a dollar or two dollars one of the two so it's carcassonne it's fun it's a fun little game easy to pick up our niece likes playing it as well 
Yeah, I think she she was seven when she learned how to play it. So Not if you've bad. never heard of it before, pretty easy to pick up. It's one of those things, easy to pick up, hard to master sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I got beat by a seven-year-old the last time I played it. <laughs> yeah, I can't beat Kate playing it. For some reason, Kate just wipes the floor with me on this one. So All right, then. The uh, the online player is okay because, you know, you just launch the app, you'll take a few seconds to play, but then you got to wait for your opponents to actually play. So mm-hmm. you might, you know, play a second and then set it down and then you not get a response back for another, you know, couple of hours. So it's kind of like games by email. Hey, now, I've been doing very good on those. Thank you for reminding me that it's my turn. <laughs> <sighs> so the Carcassonne app, I like it. It's on my All phone. Right. It's on my tablet. Nice. So, so random topic. Yes, sir. Random topic is rolled ahead of time. Would you go to a Justin Bieber concert with your daughter? I, I, um, so I'm going to go ahead and assume he means Justin Bieber. Yes. No, right. He did the actual specific wording and i'm not telling this is exactly how it was typed to me right, it's, justin it's beaver, beaver right i saw it i yeah. saw that it was beaver and i'm like oh god aaron don't change <laughs> justin beaver yes so if you go and do a google search for justin beaver you actually come up with two different sets of of uh images one is beavers with Justin Bieber's head. Okay. Which is absolutely goddamn terrifying. <laughs> and I can never unsee that now. So thank you for that. Uh, the other is uh, a, a man named Julian Beaver who does street art and is sometimes named Justin Beaver. Like he is often referred to as Justin Beaver, even though I think his name is actually Julian Beaver. And he does really, really cool chalk drawings. Like these are the 3D perspective-based chalk drawings. And it's incredible and wonderful. And absolutely, I would if, if he were to put on some sort of performance, which one might consider to be a concert... Uh, I would absolutely take someone to go see that. Now, you, according to Wikipedia, there actually was somebody named Justin Beaver as well, who used to be a uh, college football running back for University of Wisconsin Whitewater. Good for him. So I don't know why he would be doing a concert, since I, nothing says that he has any sort of musical or artistic skill. Yep. So if I had to attend that concert, I think I would be quite bored and... But would you rather go to that or a Justin Bieber concert? Oh, God, Justin Bieber, all the yelling. So the answer, the the spirit of the question, if I had a daughter who really wanted to go see a concert of, like, a teen pop star, regardless of his name, I would probably begrudgingly go. Yes, I also would go, because I'm her dad, and, you know... Right, I want to take care of my my daughter, and I want to encourage her. I might not let her purchase, like, Bieber paraphernalia. You don't want a big poster of Justin Bieber on her wall? Not particularly. I'd, I'd much rather, like, I don't know what I'd rather. Just not Justin Bieber. Yeah. It's a tough question. Yeah, no, Maybe, like, it, if, yeah, no, a Loveless would... on the wall. That might be nice. But Marie Curie. Uh, what about, um, oh, the former Madam Secretary? 
The former Madam Secretary, Hillary Clinton? No, the other one. The, the other, other Madam Secretary. Yes. What was her name? Which Madam Secretary? Hold on, let me just Google. I don't know who you're referring about. Oh, there was a show called Madam Secretary, but not that one, because that's what, uh, Taya Leone? No. Yeah. What was this Madam Secretary famous for? Oh, Madeleine Albright. There we go. Okay. That's what I was trying to think of. The former U.S. Secretary of State, who was the first woman to hold that position. Yeah. Yes. That's what I was thinking for, is the, the original Madam Secretary. Okay. And with that, that's a that's wrap. wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.